Welcome to another Be The Change Georgia edition of Chat With Leaders. As you know, our featured guests are amongst today's most purpose-driven leaders who are proving that a stakeholder-driven economic system that cares about their people, communities, customers, and the environment, not just shareholder value, is not only the right way towards a sustainable future, but that it's also great for business. Y'all, we're in for a treat today. Our host, Nathan Stuck, is chatting with Matt Stevens, the Senior Director of Strategic Impact at one of the newest B Corporations in the Southeast and one of the most popular and fast-growing breweries in the country, Creature Comforts. If you haven't tried their beer, it is absolutely incredible, but they're also great people. This conversation about Matt's journey, loving your community, being a good citizen, and how to create impact is incredibly inspiring, and we're just so glad you're investing the time to learn from Matt's wisdom today. Take it away, Nathan. Hey, Matt Stevens. Great to have you here on Be the Change, Georgia's uh, Chat with Leaders podcast. Uh, Excited to unpack your story and uh, hopefully impart some wisdom on our listeners. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, always exciting for this to come full circle of all the all the years of us getting to know each other over the B Corp certification now to kind of be here doing this. So fun yeah, time. Yeah, we talk we talk unofficially all the time. It's nice to talk officially. <laughs> I know we're recording and everything. This is weird. Like normally we both have a beer in our hand and we're standing, you know, <laughs> under the pavilion at Creature. So you have a story that is, I don't know, non-traditional. You don't really have that like traditional brewery like you know you're not wearing the carhartt overalls and the flannel shirt and the you know you weren't brewing bathtub beer in college so some of what i want to talk about today is kind of your journey to your role um, and then obviously creatures greater imposed obligation responsibility to the communities they serve and all that so really just starting with with you as an individual and a leader what foundational experiences led to your passion for community impact and philanthropy as you were growing up and kind of growing into the man you are today? That is a great question. Um, It has been a winding road to get me to doing the specific work that I'm doing today. I'll talk about some of the professional inputs in just a second, but it really goes back to growing up, having great people in my world that showed me kind of a different way to be. Um, You know, I'd be in high school, there was a few friends in particular that just seemed so much more mature and so much more concerned (laughs) about the world around them that again, I mean, I, that, that was kind of the seeds of what I think has flowered into this work, but essentially just great examples in my life of people who really cared for people. Um, and they're all doing really incredible things in the world today. Um, also just funny things. And this actually did, um, not to self-promote, but I did a Ted talk around this, um, it's, it's celebrities like Bono, you know, Bono, um, the rock star, YouTube front man, he showed me essentially the power of, okay, people came out to see them play music because they are very good at it. But he, he appreciated the power of visibility and influence. And he, he kind of, in my mind, recognized that while people came out for the music and were looking at him, he had a chance to say, since I have your attention, look over here. And, and he, I think, did a really incredible job of kind of surfacing needs, local, global, and not just, you know, woe is us, the world is broken, but rather saying you get to be part of the solution. And if you take this step today. And so even celebrities like Bono really kind of set the tone for, gosh, I mean, I'm never going to be Bono, but we all have this opportunity to, to bring value to people in, in big and small ways. So 
Well, that sort of foundational value system, um, I eventually found my way back in Athens, Georgia for the fourth time in 2009. Um, came back to take a really cool job at the University of Georgia, at UGA at the time, and for about 20 years had this research station down in Costa Rica. The whole operation was called the UGA Costa Rica. And I was based in Athens, but helping run that office. And one little sliver of that wonderful job was to you know, really start to figure out um, how do we start leveraging all the faculty and the students and the money and the infrastructure that we are sending down to this remote part of Costa Rica? How do we as UGA Costa Rica add value to our region? Um, how are we uniquely positioned to serve others? And really that piece of my work at UGACR you know, back in 2009 is really what engendered the path I've been on ever since. Um, and so I switched, if you will, from the public sector, worked a few years in the nonprofit sector. Now I'm working for a company, but I've been really asking the same question I would say the whole time, which is whether a college or a church or a company, how do you position this thing to serve the people in the community around it? It's, it's been a really clean through line, even though it looks really dynamic and different stages along the way. I love that answer. And I love the, you know, Bono is, it's, it's a very similar argument you can make as to what Creature's doing right now. The B Corp movement is in general of like leveraging that, whatever you want to call that force, that power that businesses wield, leveraging, you can leverage it for good, or you can, you know, take advantage of employees. You can do all these negative things, or you can really unleash it and say, and Creature, same thing is, I remember when it, when Creature started and, and it was kind of one of these, like, what's this? What like, And it became this, like, it took over Athens, like, overnight. And it was like, you know, you guys could have gone one of two ways. I mean, like, everybody loves us. We can do whatever. Or everybody loves us. How do we make that impact in our community? A lot like you're talking about UGA Costa Rica. Of like, how do we leave this? And I know it's one of Creature's models. How do we leave the community a better place because we were here? You're so. exactly right. I mean, I... I even call that whole phenomenon the Bono effect. Um, and you're exactly right. That is what we're trying to do at Creature. We know people are coming into the door for delicious beer and a great environment and, and all the different things that we offer. But we recognize, okay, well, same thing. While you are here, <laughs> we have this chance to say, hey, consider taking this step today to participate in the vitality of this community. And um, that looks a lot of different ways today. But that's, again, that's the connective tissue to all this stuff, in, in my opinion. And when, because um, you went back and you got an MPA, a master's in public administration. And so I'm kind of curious of like, what was it? Was that part of your journey of figuring out what it is you wanted to do? But what was the impetus to go back and get that? And then kind of, I guess, talk to, talk like, what was that transition? Like getting the MPA, working nonprofit sector, I know you worked at Athens Church, mm -hmm. but how did that kind of like, I guess, shape you as you came into, um, you know, your role of kind of overseeing that, you know, doing good force for good at Creature? Yeah, great question. Uh, UGA MPA, by the way, should be I should be getting some sort of commission. I'm a huge advocate and champion of that degree. I tell people about it all the time. So I'm so glad you asked. So first, the impetus. I was at UGA Costa Rica. I've been there for about four years at that point. Again, doing some of the work I told you about. But I realized, oh my gosh! I mean, a lot of my prior educational background was in was in the humanities. I I could probably use a degree that's a bit more supportive of the work I'm doing today. And so when you work at UGA, one of the great benefits is that you can do degrees for free, more or less. And so, um, so I just started looking around at, at all the offerings. And there are really several different things I could have done at UGA. It's a, it's a great thing. 
but I ultimately landed on the Masters of Public Administration. One, because it has an incredible reputation for its rigor and kind of pragmatic approach to the degree. Um, I was worried whether or not I, uh, I would get in. I did. And I just held on for dear life the entire time, frankly. It was very uh, challenging, but awesome. But also, uh, specifically, the MPA at UGA has a nonprofit leadership focus. And so I realized, okay, if I'm going to get a degree that's, that is um, kind of furthering and enhancing the sort of work that I want to be doing with my life, that's probably a good selection. And it delivered on, you know, essentially the promise that you would find on its website or whatever in terms of both rigorous, but also practical um, in that when you study nonprofit leadership at UGA in athens Clark County, the, the tone that was set from the orientation week during the MPA program is essentially um, we are in this incredible living laboratory here in Athens and that there is generational, cyclical, deeply entrenched need on the one hand. There's this really vibrant resource community on the other, and yet things aren't changing a ton. So, you know, if you're going to be studying this stuff here, we're going to really kind of look at, you know, the, you know, under, <laughs> under the rock of our community that we love so much, but that, it, it, you know, has needs and, and, and has its, um, you know, shortfalls in other ways. And then secondarily, whatever you do, whatever deliverable you grad students will be producing during this program, you're not going to do anything theoretical. You're not going to do anything that just lives on some document that you're just going to shelf away. We are going to be doing everything we can think of to connect you to social services professionals in this community so that in addition to satisfying the, the needs of this degree, good grief, you're like three or four grad students working on this project for 10 weeks or whatever, you should be producing something ideally that you can put into the hands of that nonprofit agency or governmental unit or whatever that can make them better. So that is all to say, when you complete this degree um, and, and you don't go to DC or Seattle or New York or whatever, you stay in Athens as I have, you not only emerge with a diploma and a skill set, you emerge with like this super robust network of all the people doing all this work. Um, and so uh, I'm grateful for the degree, but I'm also grateful that I am leveraging the degree here in athens Clark County, you know, all these years later, because like I said, I kind of through that program got to know a lot of the stakeholders and that has made this work that we're doing at Creature a bit more productive. It's so interesting too that um, the way, and I, I always joke that I found the white rhino, the job that allowed me to get you know, because I did my MBA at UGA and then I'm like the one person from my class who's still in Athens um, that's still able to, to kind of, I don't know, I lived here before, I didn't want to leave, but that that you described kind of that love for the city and that the awareness of the problems that need to be solved and whatever you want to call it, the privilege, the honor to be able to be here and work on, you know, hopefully leaving the city in a much better place than when we found it. It is. It's a really cool, but but uncommon kind of UGA circle, which is UGA puts all these tools in your hand that, in our case, you get to turn right back around and use those tools, hopefully, to you know do some digging right here <laughs> in Athens. Um, you know, I, I just kind of love that part of my story and yours. Yeah, and the hopefully, you know, and that's part of you know even some of the stuff we're doing with Be Local Georgia of trying to grow that community in Athens is can we create more jobs that keep people 
keep people there that they can find purpose, find meaning, pay their bills um, and do all the fun things that allow kind of Athens to be Athens. Um, And I can't think of a more Athens question than the next one we have for you. (laughs) So then I just feel uh, as I'm, as I'm, I'm not wearing my keep Athens weird shirt, but so there's a Greek term, which I will not take credit for knowing how to pronounce this because I didn't until about 15 minutes ago, but the term is eudaimonia, which is the state of human flourishing. So how is that term shaped how you view a business leader's responsibility to have that plan um, and take the lead on social impact in the local community? Um, that is, that's a wonderfully geeky phrase that means a lot to me and to us at Creature. This phrase was really, to the best of our knowledge, coined or at least made popular by another Athenian, one of the OG Athenians, Aristotle, um, the other Athens. <laughs> He uh, obviously was a philosopher. He said a lot of things, wrote a lot of things, but um, the, the, the role of a citizen was something that he wrote about. And the term that he used to talk about that is, yes, eudaimonia, which um, literally means, I, I think I'm not a Greek scholar, but kind of embedded within that word is this idea of a, the inhabitation of a good spirit. Um, like EU, like you as in euphoria or something like that. Um, but the inhabitation of a good spirit. Um, which is to say, in kind of Aristotelian thinking, citizens are inhabited with this good sp- spirit and they are part of this communal effort. Uh, the, 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 the kind of word picture he would often use is like, we are as it's like we're oarsmen on a ship. Every person who lives in a community is like an oarsman on a ship. And our role as a citizen is to kind of grab an oar and to do our part to pull our community in a common direction. That was essentially some of the um, metaphors that were used around that. One of the things that I think that sort of ideation has led me to think about is, gosh, there really is something, there's a difference between a resident and a citizen. A resident, somebody who just lives here, and that person who would say, I'm a citizen of Athens, I'm a citizen of Atlanta, whatever, this is my town, these are my people, these are my roots, you know, what makes somebody say, I don't just live here, I love where I live. And, you know, actually going back to some academic kind of geekdom, uh, you know, fields of psychology, sociology, anthropology really also study this concept called place attachment, which is really describing the same thing. What makes somebody say, I love this place. This is my home um, because it's been so studied. There are predictive attributes of a community that engender that sort of response. And then consequently, when somebody says, Athens, I love you or whatever, you know, I believe in Nashville, whatever the thing is, I heart NY. Um, when you say this is my town, people start behaving in predictable ways as well. They start shopping local versus big box. They, they start voting not just for the president of the U.S., they start voting for like local commissioners. They, um, they boycott, they protest. People don't go out into the streets and protest for better, you know, living in that city unless they really care about that community. So anyway, place attachment, eudaimonia is kind of a, just a really interesting term that has given a lot of, I guess you'd say life and energy to what we're trying to create here, which is essentially, you know, in so many terms, what we hope part of the net impact of Creature Comforts being a a business in Athens, Georgia, hopefully forever, is that we can ourselves be, you know, turn our employees, turn our customers from residents into citizens, but also for anybody who's just kind of looking on at the uh, at the value system and the, and the type of company we're trying to be, 
um, hopefully that is a prompt or some inspiration for them to say, gosh, you know what? I love this community too. And therefore I should take ownership, not only of the brilliant parts, the things I love about my city, but also take some ownership of some of the broken bits. Like what are the parts of this city that break my heart? And therefore I want to leverage my time, my money, my skill, my whatever to just be part of the solution. So that's a really cool expression. We love that it came from a, from the other Athens. And uh, just to kind of give you a fun visual aid, if you've been looking over my shoulder saying, is that a seven foot tall or? Um, yes, it is. Um, <laughs> that at Creature Comforts is kind of a newer tradition, I guess you'd say. And we call that award. And if I could pick it up, I mean, one, it's bigger than me. Uh, two, it's engraved all over. It has like this cool brass plate that actually says eudaimonia on it. So that is like the award that for our top citizen at Creature, like our employee, and there's a bunch of ways that we kind of evaluate that, we will start burning their name into the hilt of that ore, and it's eventually going to live on the wall of our, once we award it for the first time, it's going to live on the wall of our tap room because we want to create that curiosity piece where people come in, they grab a beer, they see a, a ginormous ore on the wall, and they say, hey, what's that about? And that would give our team a chance to say, oh my gosh, we really believe in the power of citizenship and we love Aristotle and eudaimonia and we're supposed to be like oarsmen, da, da, da. So we love that it's going to give us a chance, a bit of a visual cue just to speak into, again, the power of citizenship and some of our inspiration. Well, and I love one of the things that you've touched on too, but you haven't said it directly, but I've known you long enough to know it is, is what you've done with both your employees and, and the community is you've made the act of being a citizen easier, you know, with, with everything they get comfortable is doing. I think a lot of people are afraid to take action because they feel like the world, the problems are so overwhelming. They're never going to, you know, what's the point. And they, there's just this like kind of apathy that creeps in of like, you look around and you see despair and you see poverty and you're just like, I, I'm, I'm just going to live my life and control what I can control. And that's all I'm going to do. And I think what you guys have done that is so brilliant is you've made it easier for me to do something simple, like come into the tap room on my birthday <laughs> right, <laughs> and, the older right. I, and now it's getting to be a, a substantial contribution when I show up on my birthday. But yes. I, I think that's the beauty of it. It's just taking something that is daunting and overwhelming and making it for your employees, for the community, that very easy to get involved. You're exactly right. Yeah. That, that is some of the part of the motto of all this work. Um, the work that you know my team does at Creature Comforts, which is, yeah, we're trying to make serving simple. Um, and yes, you'll see that on our cans. You'll see that in a lot of our kind of messaging. Because yes, to your point, I think we all wake up every morning. We check that fast news. Oh my goodness, the world is broken. Um, I am more aware than ever before in 2021, like the, the needs of my local community, the needs of the world. And to your point, yes, I think it's paralyzing. I think that much, I don't know if we were designed to uh, receive that much heartbreak on a regular basis. But for the most part, I would, I would assume our hearts do break. People do want to do something, but there's a mountain of need. There's tons of information. Who can I trust? What will be good, you know, a good use of the, the check that I write or the hour that I serve or whatever? What, what should I do with this? And before we even have like five minutes in a row to even think through that, you know, we're, we're interrupted. We're onto our routine. We're just off to the next thing. Exactly. What can I do? And so that is all to say. Because serving, giving yourself away, your money, your time is never an easy endeavor. Serving will never be easy by design. 
So therefore, we want to do everything we can think of to lower the bar to entry to make serving simple. Yes, for our team, we want to inspire citizenship within our employees, but also for our customers and also for our business peers and also for our industry. If we are um, given permission, which is why I even have a job, this is what we do full time in my team. Since we are given permission to like do the deep dives and to figure this stuff out and to learn and try, fail, try again, we want to do everything we can think of to, again, turn around and try to extend what we are learning to others while we are still still have a lot to learn. So it's, um, it's a great responsibility. And to the whole B Corp thing, which I'm, I'm, I'm certain we will talk about shortly, I think that's, that is, that's what we are all collectively trying to figure out. If you think the private sector has a role to play in social innovation, if you want your generosity to count, and if you think, you know, again, the, the business world should be a force for good, it's not really clear precisely what that looks like, but the fact that we are all on that journey together and comparing notes and best practices, and we're just kind of sharpening one another. I think ultimately, <clears throat> one, that's what consumers are increasingly wanting, which is awesome. And two, that is, um, good grief. Having worked in the public, the nonprofit in the private sector, I'm just here to say when businesses, when companies take seriously the call to serve, just because of the fact there's a lot more freedom and flexibility for good or for bad. But when businesses answer that call, man, can they start moving some resources quickly. And, um, and I think there's an opportunity, if not a responsibility to do that in the business, uh, if you're a business leader. Yeah, no, and it's fun to watch that evolution. You know, I mean, we, we work a lot with Salesforce and watching them as big as they are and they're, you know, they acquire smaller companies like Mark Benioff, the, the example he sets of like, bringing people along on his journey. I mean, even this year it was, it was requiring all partners to uh, go carbon neutral. And he's like, Hey, if you want, if you want to ride a, this train, it's like, you're coming with us on our, on our journey to being a better company. And so, which of course you you did, you touched on it and you knew I was going to ask about it, but how can you, not? you recently <laughs> certified as a B Corp, which full disclosure to our listeners is how Matt and I's relationship began was we were running projects out of the university and we're like, that would be such a great project and our students would love it. And, you know, we run them out of the MBA program with some undergrads as well. And so for about two years, it was like, Matt, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Can we give you some students? Can we give you some students? And then one day the phone rings and there's Matt going, okay, we're ready. Um, <laughs> so talk a little bit about, um, I guess the, the, the why and then also, you know, for anybody listening and, you know, because the majority of our listeners obviously are already kind of on this journey towards kind of using business as a force for good, but why should they look at certifying or at least why should they take the assessment? And then what other advice would you have for them for actually navigating and the approach you took and kind of very strategic and intentional and slow but steady wins the race versus trying to just do it and like, hey, we're going to knock this out in Q4. Mm-hmm. Gosh, if there, one, if there's a company that can knock out B Corp certification in a quarter, um, props. Yes, it was a real journey. So yeah, in fact, you know, Nathan, we really should have scheduled this um, this interview for tomorrow because tomorrow, uh, for the you listeners, uh, I guess this will be in the past now, but October 30th, 2018 is when this journey began. So three years ago tomorrow is when we had that fantastic event with Terry College, Net Impact, at Creature. It's where I really started to intersect with you and others like Zach Godfrey. And, you know, y'all were the champions saying, oh my gosh, 
You don't know about benefit corporations, literally putting the book in my hands, the B Corp handbook. And um, so to answer your question, like why, and what was it about B Corp in particular that kind of, you know, pulled our commitment in that direction? I would say, honestly, it's as simple as I read the declaration for interdependence on page one of that handbook. And I said to our CEO the next day, (laughs) probably not on Halloween, probably that next week, and just essentially said, this framework is precisely who we are trying to become as a company. I mean, all the organizational DNA, all the things that we were already doing in terms of community initiatives uh, and employee benefits and that sort of thing. It was really, we were kind of implicitly asking the questions, what is good for our community, our employees, the planet, et cetera. And, and, you know, had we not found B Corp certification, I think we would have just kind of moved in that direction and made incremental change and it would have been awesome. But what we found in the certification is that the work has already been done. I mean, and not just the work, the rigorous work of what does it actually mean? Third, third party certified objective data, um, you know, don't blow us no smoke, you know, really show us, show us the, the documentation. We just saw in the B Corp certification, the gold standard of what it would look like to be truly certifiably um, a force for good. So uh, anyway, it was a perfect marriage of this is who we want to be. Oh my gosh, there's a framework to take us exactly in that direction. So, um, so yes, that was October, 2018. It wasn't until essentially that following fall, uh, fall 2019, that um, yes, we officially kicked off our B collaborative with the Terry College of Business, um, got assigned four truly gifted MBA students to study us for a semester and really what they gave us were exactly the two things we needed. One is we gave them access to everything, financials, governance structure, the whole deal, um, since that's what B Impacts Assessment is actually asking of you. And we just said, carte blanche, what do you need? Because what we need from you, B Collaborative students, is where do we stand today? If we're working our way towards 80 points, what, do we, you know, what is our X? <laughs> and, then, and they were able to do that for us. And then two... What is the roadmap forward? How do we get from X points to 80? Where's that low-hanging fruit? Where do you think we should start? Can you, you know, chronicle that out for us? Because once we have that playbook, we'll just be able to like work it and in theory, make our way to 80. And as simple as that sounds, I mean, simple and hard as that sounds, that's precisely what Be Collaborative provided for us. And that is pre- that's precisely what we needed. So, you know, end of 2019, they give us this, huge, robust report on, here you go, here's your score, and here's the way forward. And then it was really well-timed with a phenomenal hire January 2020. My team got a, a, a great new uh, leader in Ali Hellinga, um, and, and part of her charge, just based on her background working in offices of, state, of sustainability and all sorts of things, um, she had great pedigree, but we essentially said, we would love you to really be the lead, what B-Lab calls the beekeeper of this process. And so she was the one who took the playbook and, and you know, really got the whole company moving one step at a time towards uh, certification. And so I think we were officially, all the documentation was done and verified, I believe it was April, 2021. So, you know, it was, uh, I mean, granted, a lot of things were happening in 2020, <laughs> but it took us like a good 15, 16, maybe even 18 months from start to finish from playbook to certification, but um, it made us better. 
And um, it's something we are incredibly proud of. Once you're a B Corp, you're not just done forever. It's that they continue to push you towards, you know, incremental growth and, um, and improvement over time, which is also, it's nice to have that accountability. Well, and I think that's the important part too, is being able to, you know, there's no company's perfect, no person's perfect, but it's that journey to figuring out how to continuously improve. And I think there's so many tools in that that you've seen now of like, you know, you say you care about something and then you measure it and you go, Ooh, we didn't care about as much as we thought we did. Um, (laughs) So, well, thanks for sharing that. Cause I I think it's important. And I think it's also important for those of us who've gone through it and seen the positive impacts. Cause it's like, what do I need this certification for? But it's so much more. And I think hearing it from the horse's mouth um, sometimes is is a better spotlight to shine on the beacon. Corp community and kind of the value it brings. So I know we're almost at time and I don't normally ask this question, but um, you talked about the power of community earlier. And I remembered that event two years ago or 2018, three years ago, God, um, and you recommended a book and I actually, and I was sitting there and I was moderating the panel and I wrote the book down and I'm drawing a blank on it, but I read it. It was awesome. It was like, home is where you are. It was something. Oh, yes. Yes. This is where you belong. Yes. And then my mom moved up here. She retired. I gave her the book. But I think that was kind of the start of my journey into a lot of, you know, getting involved with starting Be Local Georgia and and kind of getting more involved in the community is such a great way to bond yourself versus just living somewhere. On that note, for selfish reasons, I'm going to ask you for uh, two or three books you might recommend, I would say to our listeners, but maybe to me as well. Um what you've been reading lately, um, and we'll kind of finish on that. Yes, and just to give you the whole thing of what we just talked about, This is Where You Belong by Melanie Warnick. She'll probably also be getting commission on that one. I have quite literally given away dozens of copies of that book over the past few years. It, and just for, for the listeners, it is, it's Citizenship 101. It's, it's Place Attachment 101. It's um, how, how do you move from I live here to I love the place I live. Uh, that whole book, it's super research. I mean, flip to the end notes, there's 70 pages of end notes. So it's deeply researched, but it doesn't feel like an academic book. She kind of saves all that for the end notes if you want to go further, but really the reading itself is very easy read, but very practical. Try this, try that um, to become a part of your community. It's really a great read. So in addition to that one, I would say um, just to lean heavily into my own industry and because it's a fabulous book, it's called The Search for God and Guinness by Stephen Mansfield. Um, it's all about certainly the brewing industry, but it's really the story of Guinness, the, the, <laughs> the beer brand that I'm sure you have heard of. It's really remarkable. And in my opinion, and, you'll, and maybe this will be the hook for you, uh, Nathan, at least, it, Guinness was the original B Corp. Uh, in you know, 18th century Dublin, they were in some ways like the first business that started to adopt robust practices of what we today call CSR or corporate social responsibility, the way that they supported, you know, the way they put the city of Dublin on their back during some pretty tumultuous times, the way they invested and supported and took care of their employees was groundbreaking. And the cool thing is if you look some of, you know, some of the origin of why did Stephen Mansfield, this New York Times bestselling historian, why did he want to tell this story about Guinness? To some extent, he loves beer and he wanted to tell this story. But if you kind of, I've heard some of his interviews where he really essentially references, I wanted to understand where did corporate philanthropy really begin? I wanted to tell that story. And that story, that search kind of led him to Guinness as really the, um, the pioneer of CSR. You will love it. It's, it's a deep dive into 
the, our industry of craft beer, but it's also a deeper dive into what makes leaders take seriously, again, the call to serve, not just as a person, but through their organization. It's an awesome read, The Search for God and Guinness. And then the second one that has just been blowing my mind for years now um, when I picked it up, read it during the pandemic, um, Doing Good Better, Doing Good Better by William McCaskill. Uh, he is literally an Oxford scholar and professor and he does TED Talks. He does all sorts of things. But he, along with so much of the canon of strategic philanthropy, books like Toxic Charity and When Helping Hurts and all these other things, he's essentially acknowledging philanthropy to do it well is hard. We don't get it right a lot because we're not asking the right sort of questions or bringing the right sort of stakeholders in. And so in that book, and it feels like a Malcolm Gladwell book and that it's a great marriage of like narrative and super data, but it's just a, a fascinating read. He really calls particularly, um, I mean, people, individuals, but particularly, you know, corporations to, yeah, do good, better. And it's just a really great academic read from a very sharp mind, William McCaskill. Awesome. And for those who couldn't see the video and are just listening, I was writing both of those down because Matt's book book recommendations never fail me. So, um, well, you'll Matt, love them both. Yes. Oh, well, I mean, I mean, you're combining B Corp and beer for me, so that's a winner winner. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us this morning. It was it's always a pleasure, and it's it's almost fun. Like, I mean, this was like a conversation we would have had at the brewery, except we're I'm sitting here with a microphone in front of me. Um, so I'm just really grateful for your time and and some of your I consider you a, both a friend and a mentor at this point where I feel I learned so much from you. So um, really grateful and grateful that Creature is doing the work they're doing, that you're in the role you're doing. And um, if you could, uh, any anywhere specific, we want to send people to find out more about, I know, Get Comfortable, the brewery itself and, and, and your LinkedIn, I'm assuming. Yeah, I would say primarily uh, where it's probably most interesting to you, listener, is uh, getcurious.com. Getcurious.com. That is a secondary site that Creature Comforts maintains, which really what you will find there is exclusively content updates, methodology, et cetera, about our, our core community initiatives. Um, we just put them all on a whole separate website, getcurious.com, but you can find me on LinkedIn um, slash jmattstevens, but um, I'd send you to get curious. That one's more fun. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again and uh, have a wonderful weekend and great as always to catch up with you. And we'll include all those links in the show notes. So thank you to our listeners for tuning in for another awesome episode. And we will see y'all soon. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this inspiring chat today and are so thankful for you being a part of this leadership community. We'd be grateful if you went on Apple Podcasts and tapped the number of stars you feel the show deserves. This helps us continuously improve the content, get it out to more next-gen leaders so we can leave this world in their hands to take it to a better place and how we found it. By the way, have you ever thought about launching your own podcast to grow your business through new relationships and conversations that matter? We officially launched our agency service at Chat with Leaders Media and we'll help you strategically plan, implement, and produce that platform for you. So go to chatwithleaders.com to learn more and feel free to reach out with any questions. We would love to help you scale your revenue and capacity to deliver a strong social impact in your community using business as a force for good. Now go enjoy your day and be a leader worth following.